Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jones Bowden He's got it England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four and England have won the match Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket It's been pouring with rain in the UK today but in the cricket world, it's been pouring runs. In fact, we worked out that you could have watched cricket almost for 24 hours and seen a lot of runs. You could have seen England get 244-4-3 in the first day's play in Barbados. You could have seen Pakistan make an astonishing 443-7, batting 171 overs to draw that second test match in Karachi. You could possibly, if you knew where to find it, watch Jharkhand playing Nagaland <laughs> in the Ranji Trophy and taking an astonishing lead of 1,008, which is the, the record lead in a first-class match. And the match eventually finished in a draw with uh, Jharkhand having a total of tw- made a, a total of 1,297 runs in the match. God knows why they batted on, but having scored 880 in the first innings, but they did. That's Indian cricket for you. And also... There was a tremendous win by England women, their first win of the World Cup against India in New Zealand at Mount Monganui, that ground you know really well, Simon. That actually wasn't a big scoring match. They bowled India out for 134 and knocked them off. But otherwise, it's not been a bowler's day, has it? Much needed win for England's women. Um, absolutely critical, wasn't it? It was getting to that stage where, yeah, they just had to win and they did so quite comfortably. It was by four wickets, but they restricted India and then uh, won relatively comfortably. Uh, as for that match in India, I, I think it was about first innings points, wasn't it? That, that, that was So they just had not to lose. Once they got the first innings lead... Uh, they just batted on because they they were already ahead on first innings. That's all they needed to get through to the next round. Um, not great cricket that, but I mean, amazing day really in Karachi for Pakistan and for Barbara Azam and for Mohammad Rizwan as well. Um, two fabulous innings, really top class innings, and Pakistan to bat out what nearly two days to save that game, albeit on a flat pitch. And, you know, it's another theme, isn't it, yours, about flat pitches? Um, You know, another one in in Barbados. You know, you're glad you're retired. Uh, Those knees of yours uh, feeling dodgy after bowling on flat pitches. Mm. It's not great for the game of cricket, but I suppose the unique circumstances 
of the the test match in Karachi allowed it to to still have that drama, despite the fact it was flat, i.e. Australia got 500 and odd in in over two days, and the fact they rolled Pakistan out and then didn't enforce the follow-on. So they gave themselves pretty much two days to bowl Pakistan out. I mean, there were people talking about Pakistan trying to win the game. I never thought that was viable. I thought if Pakistan tried to win the game, they'll lose it. So why would you... Why would you? It was one of those. I I just didn't think it was feasible. So you would never risk. I I think when you've done that much hard work, you would never risk going for the win because it was just it was too much out of reach. And they mm. would have lot. They would definitely lost the game if they tried to win it. I think. Yeah, they needed 120 from about 22 overs at the end. But the pitch was doing a little bit. Yeah. And obviously they'd lost four wickets by that stage. They hadn't got a lot of batting in reserve, and. It sounds easy, you know, in the days of, in the era of T20, when 120, mm. you can knock that off in 12 overs in T20 cricket. You don't do that in test cricket because of the changes in field settings. You're allowed to put you know, everyone on the boundary if you want to. And the, the fact the ball was doing a fair bit for the for the spinner and the seamer. So, oh yeah, I mean, it, it was it, it was absolutely riveting watch. And I just, uh, I just love the passion of the players uh, the, the fans who, who came out to watch and, and actually the skill levels as well. You know, those were two top teams going at each other full throttle for the whole day in hot conditions and coming still generating decent pace at the end. Nathan Lyon, 50 odd overs, spinning it. Marnus Labashane bowled a ball, vicious ball, spun out the rough and nearly mm-hmm. took keeper's head off at the end. I mean, it was fantastic watching and the skill of those two batsmen in particular, Barbara Sam and and also um, Mohamed Rizan, and actually Abdullah Shafiq as well, mm. the 22-year-old who made 96 on the fourth day. All fabulous technique. And it's, even though it was defensive, it was, it was defensive and fluent at the same time. They played shots when they could and they tried to rotate the strike. And it was, it was, it was a, a supremely watchable performance, even though the bowlers couldn't get through yeah brilliant test match in a way uh, you know a draw and, and it felt like a draw actually for quite a long time on the final day I, I couldn't really see Australia taking the wickets they needed to to win the game but despite that yeah it, it was compelling and of course they you know they, they nipped him with a two or three wickets towards the close you thought oh it, it might well be on of course Rizwan was dropped as well wasn't he I mean mm. that might you know with about three overs left and it, it, Kawaja who'd been who's been a hero for Australia with the bat recently if he'd taken the catch low down and extra cover then you know just possibly Australia might have won the game they had uh, three overs uh, to take two wickets it's, you've got to love Rizwan though there's it's, mm. it's something about his cricket isn't it, it, it he's a mm. beguiling player and Barbara Zami's, you know, high class. I mean, it was, a, it was a magnificent innings. He he deserved a double hundred, really. But you know, he didn't wasn't able to get it. He was out four runs short of that double hundred. But he t- he took Pakistan close enough uh, to draw in the game. And you know, if you'd said to Pakistan and their supporters, you know, with I don't know two and a half days to go or or whatever, that they were going to draw the game, I mean, they would barely have believed it. I think. I and mean, they were four hundred runs behind on first innings. I suppose you could say were Australia right not to enforce the follow-on? I mean, they generally don't. Uh, it would have made it, you know, the, it would have sort of extended Pakistan's uh, marathon block, if you like, and really tested them. Australia might have had a, you know, would have had a run chase potentially under under pressure if they'd been able to bowl them out. Of course, the other thing as well, Australia would have been in the field for three days, the best part of three days, and they just don't like doing that these days. They like to give the bowlers a bit of a rest and then come back and have a, have another go. You know, and actually... When you think about it, if you, 
you'd expect to bowl a side out in 170 odd overs, wouldn't you? In, in, in the best part of two days, and they, especially with that bowling attack. Exactly, exactly. Even on you know on that surface, you know, which was slow, wasn't it? It was it was hard, really hard work. But even then, you'd expect them to create 10 chances. And in fact, they probably did create 10 chances because there were some drop catches as well. Steve Smith dropped one, and that was that one from uh, Kawaja. So if Australia had taken their chances, they they probably would have won the game. But that that word, if, it's the, it's the smallest word, but I suppose also the biggest word as well. I, I thought it was lovely, actually, at the end. I mean, that, that test match and that series is being played in a, in a wonderful mm. spirit. Obviously, it's Australia's first tour to Pakistan for how long? I can't 24 remember. Years, Twenty-four yes. years. Twenty-four years. And and I just love Pat Cummings has done a huge amount for for Australian cricket. I think in terms of its image, uh, which I mean, obviously Tim Payne helped with before that. But Cummings is such an impressive character, and he looks, although he's you know fearsome, menacing, fast bowler, he has a smile. Mm. He has a generosity of spirit as well, which I think is great for the game. And you can just see them all at the end. Shaking the Pakistanis by the hand, they'd made the the Australians toil all day, but they sportingly shook hands, patted backs, and 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 I think in a way enjoyed the toil actually, and you know it didn't come out with the spoils in the end, but could see the valour of of Pakistan, and still one game to go, of course, as well. So yeah. He's, he seems a, a very different type of Australian cricketer, Pat Cummins. I think we've known this for a long time, doesn't he? And the fact that he's now leading the side in his own image, that sort of snarling Australian side uh, that we've, we've seen in the past, I mean, it seems to have gone. I mean, you don't always know what is, goes on on the field, what's, what's said on the field. But, yeah, it, it, it always comes back to my point that, you know, if the game, if the game of cricket was played without any, any conversation at all, I mean, I know, you, I know you like a bit of chat, you know, a little bit of sarcastic comment and all that sort of stuff every now and again, that's fair enough. But if it's played without that nastiness, does it, does it change the game at all? Does it, make, does it make you less likely to win the match? I don't, I don't think it does, really. And it, all, all it does, it just creates a sort of bad atmosphere around the game. Um, and you know, he, okay, they didn't win Australia, but he's shown that you, know, you can do it in a, a different way. That's what it seems like from a distance, anyway. It felt like in the Ashes. You know, did it? Did, were Australia undermined by the fact they couldn't? You know, every time an England player came out, they called them, you know, X, Y, Z, and every name under the sun. No, he just beat them four nil. It probably should have been five, or it would have been five. It hadn't rained in Sydney, so you know, there we go. Civilized. Why? Why not play the game in a relatively civilized manner? Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, the man who does that, well, the best, of course, is Joe Root, who, uh, you, you know, he just always smiles. And he, do you remember he, even when he got hit in the groin in was it Adelaide? Oh, you know, he still managed twice. to smile it off twice. He, twice, he, he twice. Hit, twice. hit while fielding and then hit yeah. while batting as well. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he was smiling that much actually, Oz. And maybe it was a grimace. <laughs> yeah, but, I think. But but, I think but, it was but a he grimace. does. He smiles when mm. he plays and misses, or when he inside edges, or. I don't know, he's just uh, fantastic. Again, another uh, tremendous ambassador for the game. You want to say something? Well, I, I want to say one thing before we leave Australia-Pakistan. One thing, that we've moved to England and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about England now and we'll talk about Root and uh, et al. Uh, but what, one thing struck me today is how are England not going to take a wicket in Pakistan when they go there this autumn? Mm. I mean, we talk about you know, going there and you know, playing a three-match series and you know, trying to win it or win a test match. I'm not even sure they're going to... I mean, how are they going to get them any wickets? I mean, Australia have gone there, really struggled for wickets, and they're a strong bowling side. And Pakistan, in their own condition, strong batting side. Goodness me, it's going to be hard work for them. Uh, you can you can see, <laughs> you can see a few 500 for four declared on uh, in that series. I mean, the pitches look flat, don't they? And then you know, again, another flat pitch in karate. Now, okay, let's move on to England and that Joe Root smile. 
Do you know, I think that Joe Root smile might just have saved him from being dismissed today because it looked to me like he nicked one onto his pad and it was taken low down by De Silva uh, behind the stumps. Weston sort of three-quarter appealed. Root sort of gave it a little cheeky smile. He said, go on then. Uh, you know, I didn't hit that. But I think he did. And he, I think he might well have got away with one there. And Westin has just, well, not long before, used up a review uh, for an LBW against Root that was too high. They, they thought, oh yeah, we'll, we'll chance it. So they used used up one, and I think because of that, they didn't use up the they didn't use the second straight away. But I, I think the, the third umpire would have been compelled to give Root axe. It looked like a little scratch onto the pad, and that was when he was on twenty three. So that little cheeky smile, I think today, might well have saved him. He was going, nah, that, that, I didn't hear that. Go on then. It's a good fact though today. Um, Joe Root, his 800 since the beginning of this decade, the 2020s, and that is more than Coley, Williamson and Baba and Smith mm. put together. So Coley's made no hundreds in this decade, test hundreds that is. Uh, Smith's made one, um, Baba two and... Williamson three. So Root's got more than all of them put together this decade. Amazing performance. That's extraordinary, isn't it? It just just doesn't look like he can get out. I know there was a well, chance down <laughs> the leg side when he was on thirty odd, but thirty four, yeah. Yeah, but I mean it was one of those that was a bit of that would have been a bit of a strangle and he just he just looks I don't, you know, it's funny, but I, I just watching players like Baba Azam just bat and bat and bat and root as well, I just there, there's a there's a special mentality for for players who can do that. I I just can't imagine how you concentrate for that length of time and and have the desire. Thought you were say for five minutes, yours actually. Well, I, I'm you. bad enough. I'm bad enough for five <laughs> exactly. minutes. But 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 I just remember sort of trying to bat and you know trying to bat it even for half an hour and your concentration wavers. And how do they keep that up and be so disciplined? For for a whole day and a, and a day and a half, and in Baba's case, ten hours. It's just I, I just it, I, it's beyond me. I just don't I don't understand how people do it. Mm. Do you? Well, um, sort of actually a bit more. Yeah, I I I, I think you, you, yeah possibly. I mean, this sounds a strange thing I mean, to say. No, I know but there's I techniques to te- do it and yeah. so on. You know, each ball and then you go away and take a breath and clear your head and all that. But it's still relentless, the concentration required. Mm. You just love it, I think, as well. That's the other thing. You just love, you just love the challenge. You just love the challenge of batting uh, for that length of time. Fun, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sort of fantastic vista that opens in front of you, actually, as a batter, isn't it? The, and you think of Zach Crawley there today. He, okay, got 100 in the last game. Out for naught. He's got to sit there and watch everyone bat all day. What a great thing it is to, you know, to, a flat pitch. You won the toss first day, sun shining, loads of support there. I can just bat all day today. I can bat all day tomorrow. So it's a, I think it's a wonderful thing. That you know, it's, it's sort of your life away, isn't it? That's that's what you at that age. You think you need to be a slight sadist <laughs> well, in might, a way, and well, because so, you're making other, you're making the bowlers' lives an absolute yeah. misery, aren't you? Yeah. Well, yeah, p- possibly. Yeah, you really want to. Gr- you really want it's to grind. Sadistic that. pleasure, isn't it? <laughs> well, it might be. It might be. Yeah. Yeah, you want you, you it's it, and I think also you're driven on by it's your day as well. You know, when you get that opportunity, you're just not going to give it away. Actually, then the contrast. I, you you could argue actually that Dan Lawrence played the innings of the day today, and certainly in terms of the sort of, um, sort of eye catching nature, root root sort of just in a way. 
well though he played he sort of he just churned one out didn't he he, he, he did what he does whereas Dan Lawrence today he, England had started slowly he came in he, and he had the, the the right tempo straight away 62 ball half century and he and even in the last over of the day he hit a couple of crisp boundaries and that actually might have been his downfall because hold a bold one foolish outside the off stump he went for the drive it was a, it was a really tame dismissal it, it actually was not that dissimilar to the shot that Rizwan played uh, when mm. he was looking for his hundred uh, towards the end of the the, the Pakistan Australia match when he was dropped by Kawaja low down at, at, at extra cover very similar uh, situations but yeah, Kawaja dropped that one and but Lawrence uh, wasn't dropped I thought I was really impressed with Lawrence today actually yeah um, from the moment he came in yeah. as well about third ball he was sort of up the wicket to the spinner and being positive and it was it was great to see yeah I agree one of the things I I Sort of felt about Lawrence when I've watched him. The, the little, the relatively little I've watched him. I mean, I've watched his his Test match innings so far. Very strong through the leg side. Very leg side dominant. But I thought today he drove beautifully. Some of his extra cover driving was magnificent. And there was a there was a, a cameo where he drove through the ex, extra cover and then he sort of cuffed one through backward point. Two lovely strokes, and it sort of exemplified the way he played. So, you know, really good offside play today, as well as that strong, sort of slightly idiosyncratic uh, leg side play. I was reading some Alistair Cook actually before the series, and he said the really key thing for Dan Lawrence is surviving the first twenty balls because uh, he, you know, he feels he's he's vulnerable early on. But you know, he he got in today and he played um, he played beautifully. He he actually was one of the the beneficiaries of the of the Ashes, wasn't he? He was he didn't the fact he didn't play there. He wasn't sort of under the Australian microscope, in a way, oh, he probably would have loved to have played. Denny might have done well, but um, he, he's sort of like one of the big winners, if you like, of the of the Ashes tour because he's suddenly been given his chance. Here you go, everyone, you know, few vulnerabilities elsewhere, up to four and have a go, and and see what you're made of. Also, he was a beneficiary of a rather turgid, but albeit effective innings by Alex Lees, uh, who didn't look particularly convincing, but stuck it out and survived till mid-afternoon. He only made 30, but he did at least sort of see the shine off, which is part of an opener's job. Uh, It wasn't a great watch, we have to be honest, but... It did a job for the team and made Lawrence's job a lot easier. Hmm. Yeah, I think. I mean, that's that's true. Um, I've, I felt with Lee's today. I mean, he he's he struggled in the first test, and he broach pinned him a couple of times LBW, and he 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 slightly changed his technique, hadn't he? Set up uh, today. He was. He it looked to me he was a bit further over towards leg stump. So his his front foot and was it, more open, slightly more open yeah. stance, open toed stance, and he was and he was a bit further over as well. He's, he looked to be taking a slightly different guard to me. Anyway, I don't know whether you whether you. Well, I think that. I think he was obviously conscious. That, I mean, you know, you get LBW a couple of times yeah. when people bowling around the wicket, you sort of start thinking, well, I'm too far over on off stump. Mm. I need to hang back and make sure I get my bat to the ball. And I suppose that was the the principle. I mean, I, I think he's a very static player. He doesn't move at all, and there's obviously it's the culture, it's the trend at the moment to have trigger movements and shuffle across before the bowler bowls. He doesn't, he doesn't though, do does anything. He? No. he stands completely still, and I think he needs to do a little bit of something, not just because it's trendy. I do think 
that you need just that little bit of fluidity in your body and your feet. You know, the best batsmen are sort of dancing feet, really. Look at the root, very light on his feet. He looks a bit heavy on his feet. And that which can happen if you're quite a tall person, quite a big physique, which, which he is, you can be a little bit kind of on your heels and not on your toes. And I think that might be just something that helps him a bit. He, he looks a little bit of a sort of static target and doesn't really move with much flu, fluency or flow to the ball. And I think that, that could just be a, a thing that he could cure, actually. Hmm. He, I thought he missed out on some... Yeah, poor balls. There was a, a spell before lunch where I thought, "Oh, that's a four ball," and he, he he just sort of stroked it away straight to point. And then he, he on the drive, he closed the face a couple of times, you know, st- sort of strangled the face so that rather than hitting it smoothly right out the middle of the bat, say through wide mid off, he sort of scuffed it back towards the bowler. So it was a. I don't know, he was perhaps so concentrating on I don't know, seeing off the shine, digging in, giving England the platform that he, he actually missed out on some scoring shots. And actually, and his dismissal as well was, mm. I mean, really tame, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah that, just I missed mean, a straight one from a spinner. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to work it to leg. And I, I also thought his play to the shorter bowling from over mm. the wicket wasn't great either. There was a couple of bounces that he got, which he took his eye off and they went over his head. And then he got one which he took his eye off and it hit him on on the head and he was okay but I thought the way he played those wasn't that convincing and then they went round the wicket and bowled short and he went for the pull and he looked all right but I thought it was as it was almost as if he had a bit of a blind spot a batting from over the wicket the bowling from over the wicket where when they bowled it short at his body he didn't seem to pick it up all that well and that again can happen to a tall batsman who's you know of course if you're tall and you come through the ranks of junior cricket, you just stride onto the front foot and you hit everything on the up and you're strong and you dominate most bowlers. But it's it's really only when you get to a high level, probably test cricket, in fact, where you get bowlers who are capable of getting the ball up quickly into your rib area. And it's only then when you discover whether you can play it or not. Hmm. I suppose I mean, one thing you can say is he had a difficult first test. He was at you know, Abu Dhabi a couple of times to Roach. It was a big day for him. Big crowd in as well. You know, it, it was the sort of day he would never have experienced in his life so far. That sort of crowd, that sort of pressure, that sort of scrutiny. And he was determined to make something of it. And I think you know, I mean, I think he he wanted Joe Root to say, yeah, I think you should review that. And Root, Root the non-strikers, then was going, oh, I don't I really, I really, Alex, I don't think you're going to get away with this. You know, I think you know it looked straight. It was doing this, and it was you know, and I, oh, all right, captain. And it's hard to disagree with your your skipper, isn't it, in that situation? Perhaps if it was a more junior member of the side. Perhaps Lawrence had been the other end. He would have reviewed it, but he wouldn't have got away with it anyway. And so he had to drag himself off LBW to Pearl Mile for. For thirty, and I, I actually texted you at the time. Uh, it just seemed a, a tame dismissal. I said to you, um, and I, I can say this now because you can actually attest to the fact that I did say this. I said Permal could bowl at Root all day, and he won't get him out. I all year, uh, actually. Well, I reckon. Well, he might. He might. He might get him out caught on the long on boundary for a, you know two hundred and ten tomorrow. But do, do you know what I mean? There was a Root against the. Sp- against the spin, it's really the left arm spin. He played Embledenia brilliantly in Sri Lanka a, a year or so ago. And I, there's no way Pamal is going to get Root out today. Whereas, you know, he got Lee out with a, a you know, really quite tame delivery, really. It didn't do a, anything. No. I watched it back a couple no. of times. I mean, it literally did, it just 
spun for a fraction, which you just sort of expect from a left arm spinner, but it didn't spin prodigiously, and he just missed it. Mm. It was yeah, a sad end, really. What, what about the day, the occasion, Yoz? Um, and, and West Indies bowling, the catching wasn't great. They dropped a couple of catches. Lawrence was spilled on 72 uh, by Joseph at slip. That was a poor, poor effort, really. The silver down the leg side, uh, route on 34. Loads of England supporters in there. But the pitch, I mean, it looked like a pretty good toss to win uh, for England. 2.44 for three. It was a bit of a grind of a day, wasn't it? Mainly because of the morning session, actually. 47 in the, in the first 30 overs. Um, I think the pitch is all right, you know. I, just, you? Think the st- I just think the standard, the standard isn't that high. If you compare Pakistan-Australia, which was mm. two you know, heavyweights, really, going at each other. I'm afraid England v West Indies at the moment feels like a good two good county sides. And if you look at the, the, the players in these sides, you know, there's, there's sort of two star players on each side, probably. And the rest are people who, who are not irreplaceable, um, who are good, steady, domestic, professional cricketers. And give them a, a fairly flat pitch, and the fair is not going to be particularly riveting. I think two crackerjack sides on that pitch, you know, Cummins against Barbar, or you know, a really good spinner or something, uh, it would actually be quite interesting. You know, say an Embledenia against uh, Coley or whatever. I think you'd actually it'd be a good battle. Because what? Because you think there's something there? There's or? enough bounce. There's a little bit yeah. of bounce. I mean, it's not a quick pitch, but. What you want is for the edges to carry. If there's an edge, you want it to be carrying to slip, and it does on that pitch. The, well, the edges that they've had have mostly carried. Well, there was one. There was one from Lawrence. I'm really surprised. You a, a full-blooded drive where he nicked it to Joseph, and it, it got him on the half volley at slip. I mean, it may be that Joseph actually was just standing a bit too far back. And I looked at his position; he did look quite a long way back. Anyway, that was one that didn't carry. I mean, one, it's one not seeming obviously. There's no grass on it, so no. that's a shame. And Curtly Ambrose was. was one of the people sort of saying what well, they've got to do more with these pitches, but I thought it was better than Antigua anyway. Mm. It wasn't as dead as that, mm. but yeah, I, I mean, I, you you want a bit more in the pitch ideally for the bowlers, really. Yeah, well, England two forty four for three. I mean, they got they got the chance to push on and get five hundred. Do what Australia did really and ask the questions of the of the side batting second, stroke third or fourth, depending on whether they're able to you know potentially enforce a follow on or they just they don't. But um, and then make them bat last so if, if yeah okay we'll see back end we'll see what how this pitch plays out back end whether there's it does deteriorate whether it does keep a bit low actually there was one there was a short it might bo- turn a bit actually. yeah it might turn it yeah might turn a bit. and there was a short ball uh, the one you mentioned to lees um and it, it it actually skidded didn't it and he ducked mm. underneath it and it hit him in the helmet because it because it, it was just a skimming bouncer uh, whether that was just a sort of rogue delivery, I don't know. But that was a short ball that didn't get up. So maybe there's some some low bounce in the pitch. I don't think it's ever... I mean, the Barbados has never been a, a, a pitch of amazing to bowl on. I, I remember that, uh, that 94 test match, which England won. Mm. They obviously don't very often win in Barbados. They won in 94, and Alex Stewart got a 100 in each innings. And Angus Fraser took eight wickets in one innings. But, I mean, he had to bowl a lot of overs, mm. and it didn't do a lot. He just got the wickets through perseverance, really. It's never been a, a, a bowler's you know, hunting ground, particularly. Even 
even though the, the two ends are named after Joel Garner and Malcolm yeah. Marshall. Well, there was, uh, yeah, two, not, uh, 2004 there was Grievous Bodley Harmison, wasn't it, when he ran in and took seven wickets. Uh, Graham Thorpe played a magnificent innings. Ma- uh, Matthew Hogger took a hat-trick in the game. I think there was a bit in it for the bowlers in that match. That was a real struggle. Brilliant hundred from Thorpe. Actually, one of the best test innings I think I've ever seen, actually, that Graham Thorpe hundred in, in Barbados in, in 2004. Just uh, uh, talking about England's bowling... Of course, mm. um, two new players. Yeah, two debutants. The f- the first time that England have had two pace bowling uh, debutants in the same match since two thousand and nine. That was uh, Bresnan and Onions at Lords, and the first time abroad since nineteen sixty three, sixty four in India when uh, Price and Jones uh, played in, in in that series. Price and Jones. Yeah. God. Yeah. John Price. He had a. A big look. I bet he's in Barbados as well. He's a tour host. He always yeah. he always goes to the Barbados Test. He had a big curving run up. Yeah, long long run, and that Je- Jones would have been Jeff Jones. It was mm. Simon Jones's father. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, so well, I mean, th- th- what a, what a lovely day, isn't it? You you it's your big day of your life, and you, you make your t- Test debut for England. All you do is you put your feet up all day in the sunshine and watch, you know, rooting. And Lawrence bat, but and try and figure out how you're going to get wickets <laughs> well, on, exactly. on the surface. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, a, well, a good test for them. But yeah, you know, and, and actually, you were saying, weren't you? Um, it'd be good to have a look at some of these bowlers. And circumstance actually has allowed that to happen because Overton was ill and and Mark Wood is unfit. So in a way, I mean, you could argue it sort of worked out quite nicely for England, and they're able to look at Saqib and and Matthew Fisher. Uh, whether they wanted to or not, uh, well, not quite. Well, they obviously didn't. They wanted to play. Presumably, they're going to play Overton this Test match. Well, they were. They were because they, that, he was named in the side. But it do, does give them an opportunity, doesn't it, to have, to have a go and have a, have a look? But yeah, it might be might be tough for them. But it certainly helps if you can have fi- if you got five hundred on the board, which I think England will be looking to press on to in their first innings um, tomorrow. Something like that. Anyway, four fifty, five hundred. What if, if they possibly can? Yeah. Yeah, and there's no reason why they why they shouldn't be able to. Okay, well, so runs galore today, apart from in Mount Monganui, but well done to England for, for winning that game. And one other little piece of news, I don't know if you noticed today, um, a female has been announced mm. on the first-class umpires panel for the first time, Sue Redfern, who's uh, actually out at the Women's World Cup at the moment, and will be umpiring in county championship cricket this summer, which is great. I hope I hope she likes getting her index finger out. Keeps the game moving. Who's who was the umpire that said that keeps the game moving? You, everyone used to queue up and bowl at his end. Ray oh, Julian was Ray one. Julian, yeah, Ray Julian, yeah. So you'd like you'd like her to be a Ray Julian, would you? Definitely. Well all bowlers would actually. That's yeah. how we go that's, that's out. I'm afraid that's out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm afraid it was out for Dan Lawrence in the last over of the day. There was one ball left in the day's play when uh, Lawrence was dismissed on 90. Well, he's probably contemplating the thought of being in the 90s overnight, sleeping in his nice Barbados hotel. But he's now going to be kept awake all night by the shot he played, thinking, ah, oh, why did I... And his dad why did on I... the phone to him as well, yeah. won't he? Yeah, well, yeah, he's a big cricket fan, his dad, yeah. Well, probably, actually, he's probably I... there. Yeah, but he, you know, he, yeah, he'll be having a right. He'll be very. Actually, it's probably worse for the father because you're sort of you're getting geared up for your son's first ever Test hundred, and then it's all such a terrible anticlimax. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you can do nothing about it. But I suppose the one positive, well, more than one positive, is that at least I mean Dan Lawrence sitting there in the dressing room tonight on ninety one. At least not Zach Crawley, who had to sit there and watch after being out for 
for naught after trying to leave the ball as well. Trying to leave it and nicked it through. And you had to sit and watch all day. Lawrence, uh, 91. You, you feel as though you'll come again, don't you, mm. with Lawrence? Just, yeah, there was enough there today to think, well, you'll get another chance. You'll be in the 90s again sometime in, in Test cricket. OK, Yoz, uh, that's our review of well, all, uh, t- 24 hours of, of dramatic cricket action from, uh, from around the world. Um, we'll see what England come up with uh, tomorrow on the second day and what West Indies can come back with. They have got the new ball in hand. We'll be back to review it uh, after the, the second day's play in Barbados. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye for now. Podcast Network.